Hey, BSN Denver listeners. We're really excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out today. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural. It's also not psychoactive, and the coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2010 at checkout. That's promo code BSN2018 to get your StravaCraft coffee for 20% off and shipped straight to your door. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> a special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your host, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Wow, what an unbelievable comeback in tonight's Nuggets win. The Nuggets beat the Memphis Grizzlies somehow, some way. They come back from 25 down the third quarter to win 95-92. We're here to break it all down for you on the BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented today by Total Beverage right now for a limited time at Total Beverage. They have an exclusive deal going on for BSN listeners. You guys can get $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app by using the promo code BSN10. So again, by using the promo code BSN10, BSN10, you can save $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app for all your holiday parties. And better yet, you can have it delivered right to your door. Total Beverage delivers to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. So make sure to use that promo code BSN10 for $10 off a $50 purchase on their website or app. You know who could use a home delivery tonight? J.B. Bickerstaff, J.B. Bickerstaff, Kyle Anderson, Mike Conley, Mark Gasol. A lot of those guys get up total beverage tonight. Yeah, they just need to curl up next to a, a fire and try to think about what just happened. How they let that game slip through their hands? Um, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. And I think we should just probably jump into the comeback because there's not much that we need to talk about in the first half. Denver trailed 60-41 to 41 at halftime. Uh, the Denver shot under 40% from the field, 419 from three in the first half. The Grizzlies shot 60% from the field, 41% from three. Actually, the one thing I do want to hit on in the first half is what happened in the first quarter because for a second straight game, and not only for a second straight game, this first quarter defense has been awful here for an extended stretch, but what the heck is happening at the beginning of games when it comes to Denver's defense? We know the Nuggets have been sliding on that end of the floor all month long really going back into December, early December, since that game against the Magic, like we talked about on Monday's show. And it will happen again here against Memphis for the second game in a row after really giving up a ton of points to the 76er in that first quarter. Denver falls behind 3-16 to after this one. I mean, they just looked apathetic to me. I, 
don't think there's really anything to say besides that. I mean, there was a play in the second quarter where I believe it was Mike Conley dribbling on the left side of the floor and like 18 seconds left on the shot clock. And Kyle Anderson makes like this two mile an hour cut yeah. into the lane for this wide open layup. There's just been way too much of that lately. Like you, you just can't lose your man that early in the shot clock when he's making like a half hearted cut like that. I mean, I saw a lot of breakdowns like that in the Philly game and early on and in Denver put on the clamps late, kind of like they did in this game. But, I mean, there's just not that attention to detail, the, the focus that's necessary. I was speculating to a few people at that win over Philly that maybe Denver needed a two- or three-game slide to maybe have a come-to-Jesus moment and say, okay, we've got to get back to what we were doing defensively earlier on this season. I don't know if this is that moment. I doubt it is, to be quite honest. It was a great comeback, but I don't think this is going to somehow change Denver's defensive mindset going forward on that end of the floor. I don't know what it's going to take. Uh, we'll see how they look in New Orleans. We'll see how they look against Houston on Friday. But, I mean, this was a good win, but I'm not going to say it's going to fix some of the problems we've been seeing, particularly in first quarters. Since December 1st, the Nuggets are the second-to-worst first-quarter defense in the league. And over that same span, they're the best fourth quarter defense in the league go figure what do you think that shows if anything that they can turn it on when they want to right and we've seen that over the last couple of years right even when denver has had a bottom 10 defense they've shown they can flip the switch and they really want to so that's what they did tonight in the second half so we should probably pick things up there let's start at the 655 mark of the third Denver is down 70 to 45, trailing by 25 points. What percentage chance did you give the Nuggets to win this game at that mark in the third quarter, down 25 points on the road in a place where they haven't won a ton before? Oh, I thought it was over. I mean, I was just YouTubing new songs, like checking out some new music in the third quarter. I kind of had the game on in the background, but uh, I was listening to that, that snail mail album a little bit. Shout out to snail mail. Um, but I definitely thought this was an over. I, I didn't think they had a chance. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought this game was done. Denver's body language looked like it was done. But then something happened, and I think it's pretty representative of a few things that have been going on with this team over the last couple weeks. Um, Malik Beasley subbed on, and uh, Malik Beasley comes on at the 354 mark of the third. Denver outscores Memphis 42-19 to to end the game. Was he the difference tonight, you think? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Beasley was unbelievable down the stretch and in this fourth quarter. A number of clutch jumpers um, got that, stole that transition pass and laid it up. And then on the very next possession, he had a good look at a three, mm -hmm. but he kicked it over to Barton on the other side of the floor for a great look. I thought that was really encouraging for Beasley. He just had two layups. He's probably feeling himself, but he passes up a good look for a great one. Love to see that from him. I mean, the number one story from this game is. The Nuggets starting five that they threw out there, uh, Wilbart, Gary Harris, Torrey Craig, Paul Millsap, Nicole Jokic, they stunk. They got outscored 36-21 to 21 in 16 minutes. They were a minus 15. They shot 9 of 27 from the field. They committed five turnovers. I mean, the starters were awful in this game. And, you know, once Beasley came on there in the third quarter and when he was in there in the fourth quarter, it just looked like a completely different team. Uh, Barton, Harris, Beasley, Millsap, and Jokic played seven minutes together. They were a plus 15. So, I mean, look, I just, I just don't know if the Nuggets can continue to throw out Torrey Craig there. As the well, they starter. can keep throwing him out there if they're just going to come back by 25 points in the second half. Oh, no big man. deal. I mean, they really might keep doing it, but 
I mean, if this game wasn't the tipping point, then then what is going to be? Yeah, I'm not sure. We should probably mention Nikola Jokic's third quarter because he was unbelievable. Denver only scored 19 points in the third quarter tonight. They outscored Memphis 19 to 17 in that quarter. Not a very pretty ba- uh, quarter of basketball to watch. Jokic had 15 of Denver's 19 points in the period. He had all but two baskets uh, from the Nuggets in this quarter. Actually, all but one basket. Denver only had seven field goals in the third. Jokic had six of them. Absolutely put Denver on his back. This third quarter reminded me of the third quarter he had in game 82 last year in Minnesota. Just taking the ball to the rim, something he didn't do a ton in the first half, I thought. Felt like he was floating a little too much on the perimeter, taking too many threes. He got inside in that third quarter, went right at Marc Gasol after Gasol had one of the best first halves I've seen a player have against the Nuggets this season. Jokic was a beast in that third quarter. What did you kind of take away from his performance there? Just really going at Marcus all, it felt like. Yeah, I mean, he, he shot a ton of threes in that first half. He was floating on the perimeter, kind of like you said. And, you know, I think a lot of that honestly has to do with some of the pieces that were around him. I just think the spacing is so clunky when you got Craig and Millsap both out there, especially Millsap really struggling in this game. There just wasn't great spacing, but... And that third quarter, Jokic just said, nah, I'm just going to get mine inside. Uh, Jokic shot 8 for 11 in the restricted area in this game. I mean, Marcus Gasol is an enormous physical man. I mean, one of the biggest just beasts of any center in the NBA. And Jokic just took it right at him in the second half. On, on the game winner, I mean, Jokic just lowered his shoulder, went, went to that baby hook. Uh, he told Altitude TV afterward that that's the shot that he trusts the most out of anything that he's got. And... I thought I kind of like to hear that. Um, I mean, I think that's such a reliable shot for Jokic. But yeah, I mean, in the second half, it was just a matter of him saying, I'm going to lower my shoulder and just get these buckets inside. It's funny. He's got a body type that's starting to look more and more like Marc Gasol, doesn't he? Well, when the Nuggets were drafting him, they watched a bunch of Gasol tape to see how he might translate. Right. And look, he came into the league, Jokic, really skinny, actually. You look at some of his highlights from Europe, his highlights from the rookie from his rookie year. He looks like he weighs, you know, 240, 250. And now he's probably upwards at like 270. And he has a body type like Marcus All. I mean, it's been a convenient comparison to loosely compare those guys with how they pass the ball and how versatile they are on the offensive end. Obviously, now Jokic is much more advanced of an offensive talent and playmaker than probably Gasol has ever been. But body type wise, I don't know. Maybe it's a, a path, a route that Jokic could follow. It's worked out well for Marcus All, and I think he's used it as to his benefit to really be good on the defensive end of the floor. You know, maybe it's not the worst thing. Yeah. Um, what was Gasol before he came into the league? He was like, what, 350? He was huge. He's slimmed down to this weight. Jokic has bulked up a little <laughs> to this slate. That's the only difference. I mean, uh, just think about how massive of a human being Nikola Jokic is. And, you know, he's probably, he's between like 250 and 270, right? Somewhere in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Marcus Gasol, I mean, 350 before he came into the league. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, an unbelievable second half comeback for the Nuggets. The catalysts. Jokic with his 24 points in this game and that huge third quarter he had, really putting Denver on his back. And then the bucket at the end of the game, like you mentioned. I want to talk about that, but I'm going to wait till we come back from this break to break down what happened at the end of the game. The other big takeaway for me, actually there were a couple, uh, I think. Will Barton looked really good, I thought, in 20 minutes, 9 of 15 from the field. He was a plus 9. And then 
We touched on it a little, but we should probably expand on it a bit. Malik Beasley, unbelievable. I thought he was the reason why Denver won this game, to be quite honest. Just the energy he injected into this game in the third quarter. You brought it up a couple minutes ago, but yeah, going forward, I think we've seen enough proof that should say that he should be playing with the starters more. Now, will that happen Wednesday in New Orleans? I don't know. This is a classic game where we've seen the Nuggets want to stick Torrey Craig on a dynamic lead guard like Drew Holiday. So if I'm a betting man, I think that's what they do again. But, I mean, should that be Malik? I think it's a good argument to have. But if he's on the floor in fourth quarters, that's obviously a good thing late in the game. But the Nuggets are going to get off to another bad start with the starting five that played tonight. Kind of defeats the purpose a little bit, don't you think? Yeah, I think they probably got to make a change. Um, you know, until Jamal Murray gets back, I, I think they, they probably got to swap Beasley for Craig. Um, I mean, I don't know if they're going to do that. It wouldn't surprise me at all, to be honest, if Craig is back out there. But I just want to talk about Malik's ability as a score real quick and mm-hmm. kind of what you think his ceiling is. Because, you know, we've seen, we saw tonight and we've seen flashes this season. Beasley's a legit three-level scorer. I mean, this is a guy that get all the way to the rim. He's a powerful athletic finisher. He's a guy who could stop on a dime in those mid-range zones on the floor and pull up. He's got a silky-looking jumper. I mean, it, it looks so much more smooth than it did when he came into the league. And obviously, he can shoot the three-ball. I mean, we've spent a lot of time talking about his improved three-ball uh, so far this season. I think one of the keys from Malik with his jumper is balance. That was something he really focused on this summer, jumping straight up and down instead of jumping forwards or, or fading backwards. But what do you think Malik Beasley can be as a scorer in a couple of years. Yeah, 20 points per game, maybe a bit higher. Probably not like 30, you know. <laughs> I don't think he's going to lead the league in scoring, but I could see him scoring 20 points per game for a team. Probably not the Nuggets. That's the caveat here, though. I don't see how he can score 20 a game on this roster as long as this roster has Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Nicole Jokic, and Will Barton on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Gary Harris is always going to be the guy for the Nuggets at shooting guard as long as he's here, right? I, I don't see anybody no. taking over for him. Um, you know, Malik, I, I think you can throw him out there at small forward on some nights, but... He can play small forward with a bench unit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And even a starting unit sometimes. I just mean, like, you know, not like a full-time starter or a small forward for 82 games or anything like that. And Ideally, know. yeah. Ideally, not your starting small forward for 82 games. But, I mean... I don't know. What are the chances we look up next year and, and Malik Beasley's the sixth man for this team and he's averaging mm. like 15 points a game? Yeah. There's a good chance of that happening. I anticipate him being on the roster next year. I anticipate the roster looking pretty similar to what it does this year unless Mr. Anthony Davis is in Denver <laughs> in a couple weeks. We'll talk about that maybe on tomorrow's show. Um but I anticipate Malik Beasley being on this roster next year and Denver having a similar makeup, and he'll probably garner a lot more minutes next year as he's played this year, and he's already played a ton this year. But you've spoke about the shooting a lot, and we've both written on it and reported on it. It's the main thing that jumps out to you when looking at how his game has really jumped from last year to this year. What really stands out to me still, though, about Malik Beasley is how he attacks the rim. And I'd say more so than anybody else on this Nuggets team, when he attacks the rim, when he shoots gaps, he's looking to dunk the ball. And I don't think you can say that about anybody else on this roster. Will Barton, he's usually going in to lay the ball in, and he's great around the rim, but it's usually with a layup, not a dunk. 
Gary Harris, he's started to look to dunk the ball a lot more over the last, I'd say, year and a half. But a lot of times he's still a guy who's going to lay it in. Malik is always looking to dunk it. And he's learned, and I've spoken to him about this. He used to get blocked a lot at the rim early in his career. And he realized that if I take the ball hard and if I try to dunk on people, one of two things are going to happen. I'm going to get fouled or people are going to try to stop contesting my dunks because they don't want to get put on posters. Uh, So the way he attacks the rim, I think really helps out his game. He's unbelievable at shooting the gaps, getting into the teeth of the defense, and he's going to dunk over you if you try to contest them at the rim. Yeah, I thought Barton and Beasley both did a, a nice job of finishing at the rim tonight, and, and they're, they're such different finishers, too, because Will Barton is a guy who is going to kind of use these hesitations and use the angles to his advantage to try to go around defenders mostly. I mean, he's usually not a jump-over-you guy. And Beasley has just learned that he's athletic enough to where he can go over and, and through guys. I mean, Barton kind of relies on craftiness a little bit more, and Beasley's just athleticism and power. I mean, Malik is so good at, at kind of exploiting those gaps, too, uh, like you were hitting on a little bit earlier. I mean, when he sees daylight, he, he just goes. I mean, I think it's him and Gary Harris are, are probably the best, two at kind of getting through those, those small creases. I've been a little bit perplexed as to why Malik hasn't been playing more lately, especially with how well he played in the starting lineup with Gary Harris out. He played eight minutes in that loss to Utah, if you remember, on the road, and I think both of us thought there had to have been something else going on behind the scenes there for him to only play eight minutes. Played 23 against Phoenix, 20 against Philly, and 24 in Memphis tonight. I mean, he's got to be playing mid-20s here at the minimum for this team. He's too important to what they do right now. I mean, he's just been on fire in in the month of January, too. Uh, You know, he's averaging Oh, and December. He hasn't slowed down. Yeah, yeah. 13.5 points per game on 54% shooting, 45% shooting from three in the month of January. I mean, this this guy is on a hot streak. This dude is a talented scorer, man. This is sustained success from him now. He got off to a rough start at the beginning of the year, as every player on the Nuggets did. He shot 25% in seven games in October. Since then, he's posted three straight months of shooting better than 41.5% from three. November, 41.5% from three on three and a half attempts per game. December, 41.5% on five and a half three-point attempts per game. And now in January, he's exploded 45.5% from three on five and a half attempts per game. Such a reliable knockdown shooter for this team right now. All right, we got a lot more to get into from this game. I want to talk about Paul Millsap's night and how Denver finished this game again in a clutch situation with the score within five points with five minutes or less remaining, just as they've done with regularity over the last couple months. We'll be right back. When it comes to quality craft beer, there is no place quite like Colorado. And Colorado Keg House embraces the true essence of that, providing 75 Colorado craft beers on tap. The most unique thing about Colorado Cake House is how many beers they have on tap. I mean, there's simply a beer for everyone. They change them out regularly, and it's, it's great Colorado craft beer. I've been going there for about two years now, and I'm never disappointed. That was Lindsay, and like she mentioned, Colorado Keg House rotates their inventory each week to bring you new flavors. They also offer a great selection of Colorado wines and spirits, so you can sit back, relax, and enjoy any sport you wish on one of their 27 TVs. 
My favorite thing about Colorado Cake House is the atmosphere. You can bring whatever food that you want to eat in there and they have a million TVs it feels like. It's not a bad seat in the house and they've got extremely comfy couches that you can sit on and hang out with your friends and just kick back. It's, it's a great atmosphere. If you're a Colorado beer lover and you haven't checked out Colorado Keg House in Broomfield, do yourself a favor and head over there today. And don't forget to mention BSN to receive 20% off your order. All right, welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage here. Continuing this recap of this Nuggets win, what a win it was. 95-92, Denver comes back from 25 down in the third quarter to get this victory. Unbelievable stuff. So maybe this leads to more playing time from Malik Beasley. I would certainly hope so. His numbers in general alongside the starters this year look a lot better than Torrey Craig's. And I know Jamal Murray didn't play tonight, but when Malik Beasley is playing alongside the starters, when it's a lineup consisting of Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Malik Beasley, Millsap, and Nicole Jokic, that lineup has played 46 minutes this year. It's got a 24.4 net rating. Unbelievable on the offensive end. Stout on the defensive end. Really good efficiency-wise. And when you have the starters with Craig, that lineup has been terrible this year. Obviously, Jamal Murray didn't play tonight, but when he is in there, him, Gary Harris, Torrey Craig, Paul Millsap, and Nicole Jokic have a negative 8.1 defensive rating. It's by far, well, not by far, but it's one of the worst lineups, really the worst lineup that Denver plays regular minutes here, and it's uh, it's their most used lineup on the year, 184 minutes. So maybe we'll see somewhat of a change there. Again, I'm not expecting Michael Malone to alter his starting lineup here in New Orleans because, like I said on last show, they won. And as long as Denver keeps winning, I don't think they're going to change anything up drastically. But we'll see. Do you think Jamal Murray plays in New Orleans? I personally think it might not be the worst idea to give him this another night off here. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm skeptical that he plays. I mean, they, they listed him as out the day before um, against Memphis. Yeah, I mean, maybe just bring him back Friday against the Rockets. Let him yep. just sit for this little two-game road trip. I'd sit him out, definitely. The fact that you got this game, and I know New Orleans hasn't been playing well. Anthony Davis is out right now. It's probably a game you can win, definitely, if you play Murray. But I don't know. I might rest him again uh, just to put just just to give him the best chance that possible to be healthy for Friday because that's a big game against the Rockets what if the starting lineup comes back Friday against the Rockets on national TV and Denver beats Houston what if that happens I mean Harrison what if I grow to be six foot four and start dunking have a little fun yeah have some fun it could no it, it could it'd be it'd be a fun time hey who knows maybe Murray doesn't play and we just get Malik Beasley in there Yeah, what a world that would be. So, Paul Millsup did not have a great night. I want to touch on his game here. 29 minutes for Paul, a lot more than he's been playing normally here over the last couple weeks. Four points, 0 of 5 from the field. He got all those points from the line. Five rebounds, a couple of costly turnovers. He just looked out of place, I thought, in this one. What did you see from him? Yeah, I mean, he had trouble just handling the basketball. Really simple stuff like that. I mean, that, that turnover in the fourth quarter where... The Nuggets were trying to, to whittle that lead down, and, I mean, they pass him the ball, and he just immediately fumbles it out of bounds. This was a really, really rough game for Paul Millsap. Um, you know, he's played 16 games since he came back from that, that broken big toe. Um, here are his numbers in that time. 10.3 points on uh, 46% shooting, 
24% shooting from three-point land on just 1.6 attempts per game. 6.1 rebounds, 1.6 assists, a turnover a game, one steal, and just 0.3 blocks. So the scoring's down. The blocks are weighed down. He Not scoring the ball terribly efficiently. He hasn't had that burst, really, that you saw at the beginning of the season. Do you think that you know the, the toe injury is playing some factor in this? I have no idea. He said he's healthy, so yeah. you got to take his word at it. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, so. I mean, he did say, I mean, a couple of weeks back that he, that he feels 100% healthy. But yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, he doesn't look like the same guy from the beginning of the season when, you know, we're hyping him up as a defensive player of the year candidate, and, and rightfully so. I was wondering if he was going to play clutch time and clutch minutes at the end of this one. Yeah. Um, he had looked so bad for, throughout the first three quarters of this game. I was a little surprised the Nuggets went back to him because they – haven't been playing him a ton or as many minutes as he played tonight as of late. So I was a little surprised when I saw him on the fourth quarter there. But, you know, he still finished as a plus five overall. Yeah, and, you know, you, you can deal with one guy kind of slumping like that in the starting lineup alongside Jokic. But, you know, once there are two guys out there who are just kind of average outside shooters, then things get clunky like we saw. I mean, Denver just could not get anything going at the start of this game. So, you know, Millsap's fine as, as long as Bees is out there. But, you know, once you got him and Craig out there, then I think you're just going to get nights like this. The Nuggets led for a grand total of 31 seconds tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. 31 seconds. How'd they pull this off? I still don't know. A stout defensive second half and Malik Beasley and Nicole Jokic brilliance. It's really all I can come up with. So I want to hit on a couple of things that happened late in this game. You mentioned it at the top, but we should probably hammer home the point. Nuggets have been really good late in games in the clutch this year, particularly since December 1st. They're 12-2 and in clutch games. And again, as a reminder, that's when the score is within five points with five minutes or less remaining. Since December 1st, like I said, Denver is 12-2 and in those clutch games. Nicole Jokic leads the league in clutch plus minus over that span, and really it's not even close. Uh, he's a plus 53 in clutch games since December 1st. Jamal Murray is second in plus minus in clutch games since uh, December 1st at plus 47. Next is Kyrie Irving at 46. So Jokic is leading the league in clutch plus minus since December 1st by quite a bit. And even more so, he's shooting 56% from the field in clutch situations late in game since December 1st. So he's been a late game scorer. He's come up time and time again when Denver is needing him at the end of games, late in fourth quarters. And he did it again tonight. But Harrison, I was told that Jokic could never become a reliable option late in games. <laughs> you were told wrong. You were told wrong. Top 10 player? Are you kidding me? You freaking nerds just looking in your stats. You guys are way into the weeds. Watch the game. <laughs> yeah, I was watching the game. Um, yeah, man. I mean, nothing Jokic does surprise me anymore, to be honest with you. In this one, I mean, he, he got that bucket late, which put Denver ahead for good by just lowering his shoulder and getting right into to Paul Gasol. I mean... Marcus Gasol. Wow. Good call. Uh, I mean, few players in the league are as good at just deciding like, okay, uh, I'm just going to go to my, my baby hook here and, and kind of lower my shoulder to create spaces. Jokic, I mean, him, Embiid, Marcus Gasol, um, I don't know, any other like really powerful centers that, that can kind of get that shot whenever they want come to mind? DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. 
that's another one. He hit so many of those little – it's like a half righty hook over his uh, left shoulder. Just absolutely dominates opponents down there, just so powerful. Jokic is playing a lot like that. He's a beast down low. We talked about his body earlier in the show, how he just moves guys under the basket, moves guys down on the block. Uh, he's dominant down there right now. You know, we and many others have, have kind of cracked jokes over the course of the season about Jokic dominating while not being in great shape. But what if Jokic is in decent shape and this is just what he looks like when he's in decent shape? For sure a top 10 player right now. I mean, who is playing better than Nikola Jokic in the league right now? It's a short list, right? It's a short list. It's a list that probably consists of... What, maybe four players? Giannis, Harden, and those two guys in the Warriors? It's Stephen Katie's or anybody else? Yeah, Paul George, probably. He's playing at an unreal level right now. But there's not many guys after that. And it's why I still maintain to this point in the season, Nikola Jokic should be all NBA first team at center, for sure. I feel like he should be starting in the All-Star game. And he should be in the MVP discussion. Uh, he should be to have this team near the top of the Western Conference with the injuries they've had. And it's been unbelievable what he's done this year. Still not enough people are talking about it. All right, let's hit another break. We got some more thoughts to wrap up on on this game. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. Tuesday edition of the show, Harrison Wynn and Christian Clark here recording Monday night after this miraculous Nuggets win. We got one call that we're going to take from the Total Beverage fan hotline from our guy Steve up in Boulder. Again, if you guys ever have questions for the show that you want us to answer, 1-800-BSN-8394. It's the Total Beverage fan hotline. 1-800-BSN-8394. Just a recording, so leave your name, leave where you're calling from. Leave a message for the show. We will play it uh, on Wednesday's show if you guys call it between now and Wednesday. All right, let's go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline right now. Yeah, this is Steve from Boulder. Oh, how can you top that game? I know there's been lots of talks about the uh, lapses in defense that could spell them trouble in the playoffs, and we saw that uh, very graphically in the first part of the game. But I just want to talk about how capable this team is, a team that is without Jamal Murray, one of the leading scorers. They shoot 22% from three-point land, and still they come back from 25 down away from home to, um, to make a big win. That They're so capable with uh, their big plays, that three-point jump shot from, um, from Will Barton with with 43 seconds, their first lead of the game. 
and just how capable they are just to keep putting up these wins. They have 34 wins now after just 49 games. And um, I just feel like they are definitely uh, odds-on favorites to get to the playoffs and have home court advantage. And there they've shown a lot of consistency, uh, uh, definitely domination, you could say. So I just feel like the depth of both their talent and the depth of their character makes them completely dangerous uh, in come playoff time, uh, regardless of how consistent their defense can be. And I really would, uh, right now, um, put money down for them to uh, win that first round series against any team that uh, they come up against. I'm, I'm wondering how you feel about um, their ability to, uh, to win the big games at the end, even if their defense doesn't come together here in these final games of the season, just given their character, given their talent, given all the different ways they seem to keep finding um, ways to win. All right, love your show. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks for the question, Steve, as always. So late in games, to Steve's point, we touched on this a little earlier, but let's hit on it again. Do you see anything else happening late in games other than Nikola Jokic's clutch gene, I'll call it, that's helped Denver win so many close games down the stretch? Because we've seen it all year. Something we didn't see at times last year and the year before. So is it luck? Is it real, genuine clutchness from the Nuggets? What are some of the other reasons you think that Denver is all of a sudden this year comfortable, confident, and winning games late in the clutch? Clutch, Gene. You've been watching Skip Bayless' show over on Fox Sports (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, they're another year older than they were. I, I think that's part of it. I also think, too, I mean, this isn't a very sexy answer, but I do think that, uh, you know, games decided by five points or less, a lot of it's just random. Like, uh, I think over time, yeah, I I think over time, like, it'd be pretty close to 50-50 for anybody. I mean, you see that in the NFL where one team ekes out a bunch of one-score games and the next year usually the record tends to go the other way. I mean, I honestly do just think a lot of it's random, but... I mean, the Nuggets do look more comfortable in those situations. Jokic is more reliable, um, you know, late in close games than he was. I, I think the two-man game between him and Jamal Murray is better than it's ever been, so I think that's a factor as well. So kind of all those things. Man, I think it's very real. And a couple of the reasons we've talked about, it's because Jokic knows he's getting the ball late in games, and he knows now it's his responsibility. It's in his job description to score a lot of buckets late in fourth quarters. But I think it's real most of all because Denver just knows what they're doing late in games this year. And that wasn't the case always last year. How many times last year do we see Denver pass the ball around late in fourth quarters, get deep into the shot clock and get up a bad shot? Nobody wanted to take that shot this year. But now we know, and the Nuggets know, Jamal Murray is going to have the ball in his hands and he's going to get a ball screen from Nikola Jokic and he's either going to look to attack his man and score, or he's going to get the ball back to the big man who's going to turn to the hoop and score himself. The Nuggets know what they're doing when they need a bucket this year, and I think that's the biggest difference from last year in my mind, and they've been great all season in the clutch, and I think there's a lot to that. They are a year older. They are a year wiser. 
everybody on this roster has improved, but I think most of all, they just know what the heck they're doing late in games now. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, last year it felt like a lot of, it was either Will Barton or Jamal Murray kind of going on one-on-one depending on who had it going that night. There's less of that. There's a lot more Nikola Jokic. So you're right that there is a lot more clarity and there's a clearly defined pecking order. For sure. So Denver now has to go 16 and 17. This is also to Steve's point to get to 50 wins. That's ridiculous. 16 and 17 to get to 50 wins. What I really pegged as a likely ceiling, not actually not ceiling because I predicted they'd get 50 wins at the beginning of the season on the dot, but I pegged the ceiling for them, like maybe 54, 53, 55, maybe. 538 has them at 54 wins right now. Pretty much an absolute lock to make the playoffs. It would take a breakdown of epic proportions. I don't even know if it's mathematically possible for them to miss the playoffs. Well, it is, but I mean, it's, it's not happening. Possible. It's, it's, it's not happening. They would have to go something like five and like, I don't know. It, 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 they'd have to really have a meltdown here. Yeah, I mean, their goal should be getting the number one, the number two seed. But I mean, I, I think really what this team needs to do is, is just make sure they get home court advantage because they're they're so good at home, twenty two and four. I think that's the second best record in the NBA. I mean, if if this team is just able to get home court advantage in the first round, I think they've got a really good shot to win that first round series. Best case scenario for the Nuggets is Golden State gets the one seed, Denver gets the two seed. Oklahoma City gets a three seed. Houston gets the four seed. Ooh. That way you avoid not only Houston, but Golden State until potentially the conference finals. You let those two teams take care of each other. Probably Golden State taking care of Houston in conference semis. And if you get past you know your first-round opponent and then the Thunder, boom, you take on the winner of that matchup. Uh, an OKC-Denver second-round series would just be unreal. I mean, one of the Jokic brothers would fight Steven Adams' like shot-putting sister or something like that over the course of those games. Yeah, but Denver's in a great spot right now, well on their way to the playoffs. I think well on their way to home court advantage. I predicted they'd get the fourth seed in 50 wins at the beginning of the year. Now, the Western Conference is a bit more jumbled than I thought it would be, a bit weaker at the top than I thought it would be. You know, if they get into the low 50s here, they could get the two or the three seed. Like I said, 538 has them at 54 wins right now projecting them to get to that mark. That would be the second most in the West. They've got Golden State at 61 right now, and then they've got the Thunder at 52. Yeah, it's going to be Denver or OKC, I think, for the two seed. I think those are clearly like the tier two teams. I don't know. Maybe Houston could get up there. I thought it was going to be Houston before the Capella injury. I don't think they can get there with Capella out. They're five back at Denver right now. Um, that's yeah. a lot to climb. But Chris Paul's giving them nothing like over the first half of the season. Right. Well, they could get a be- game back on Denver Friday. <laughs> they could start that comeback right then. Yeah, heavy dose of our old friend Kenneth Reed that night too, probably. Oh, man. Tribute video incoming. Let's go. Did he already get one this year? He already got one this year, actually. Does he get a new tribute video now that he's with a new team? No, right? No. Okay. He already got one with Brooklyn. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for today's show. An unbelievable comeback from Denver. Probably one we'll remember for years and years. Down 25 points in the third quarter. 
They only led for 30 seconds in this game. Everybody wrote him off. I probably wrote him off. You wrote him off. You at home wrote him off. So it was a great win. You know, we'll see if this changes things on the defensive end of the floor. I'm not going to sit here and say it will. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how Denver responds in New Orleans if Jamal Murray plays, if he doesn't. And then that game Friday, I feel like, could be a high-stakes matchup with a lot of eyeballs, national TV, against the Houston Rockets. That would be a nice time for Denver to break this streak against Houston, I think. All right, I think that's all the time we got for today, guys. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk to you then. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.